You are dialed in to the Success Line Podcast, the place where you get a chance to phone a friend, call in a lifeline, and ask a favor of someone who's been there and done that. This is Real People, getting one-on-one coaching with Success Entrepreneurship Editor and New York Times bestselling author, Rory Vaden. Here's Rory. Hey, Achiever. Welcome to the Success Line Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Vaden, Entrepreneurship Editor at Success Magazine, and excited to bring to you a special episode today. This is a chance for you to meet me and get to know a little bit more about me, but also get to know a little bit about our fearless leader um, at uh, the whole success team here, right? So this is an exciting time for me because I've got to meet Glenn Sanford uh, several months ago at this point. And when he bought Success Enterprises and became the CEO of Success Enterprises, I was excited to jump on as part of the team and uh, just really have been excited to work with him and get to know him and learn some of his philosophies and be invited here into the fold as uh, one of the contributors and editors. And so uh, this was a chance for me and Glenn to sit down and for you to get to know a little bit about him and to allow him, I guess, to to get to play interviewer so you could get to know a little bit about me. So Glenn, welcome to our show. <laughs> hey, hey, Rory. No, uh, no, it's great. It's kind of, it's fun doing this very first you know, sort of intro podcast to kind of the, the new version of success, which, you know, I, you know, you've got actually a much longer history of doing things with success, probably what, for the last five, six, seven years, maybe longer. How, how long have you yeah. been involved with the success brand at some level? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, so Darren Hardy was a former publisher. It was a, was a friend of mine, actually. He was one of my mentors early on. In fact, I tell a whole story about him in my second book, Procrastinate on Purpose. So that came out in 2015, which means... I met him. Well, well, yeah, I, I, that, that story happened in 2012 when we were on the tour for my first book. So I've, I've known, I, I guess I've been a part of success for at least, at least 10 years, uh, you know, just contributing with articles and quotes, but never in this kind of a capacity. So that, that, that was an, a new invitation just really from my relationship with you. Well, well awesome. And, you know, and for those who are, you know, just getting to know you, um, uh, you know, your first book, Take the Stairs, uh, which is really about what doing doing the things that are a little bit more difficult, but you know, you should be doing. I, I suspect that's I mean, I, I have listened to a fair bit of the book, but maybe you could just talk a little bit about some of the books you've written and, and what your sort of philosophy on on life and business is. Well, yeah. I mean, I think for me, I've always been fascinated with the study of if influence, right? And I, I was raised by a single mom, and uh, you know, I was born in into. Uh, we lived in a trailer when I was little, and we moved around a ton, and we didn't have a lot of money. And I, I realized early on that some people in the world had more influence 
not just money, income was part of it, but, but some people had more influence. They had the ability to create change in a community. They, they had the ability to be invited into conversations that would reshape the future. And, and certainly money also was a part of it. And so I was fascinated with success and, you know, over the course of my life, I guess that was, was a part of the catalyst for my journey. And my first book was called Take the Stairs, which really represented, I think, my, uh, I guess, my premise or my hypothesis that after studying successful people for my entire career, I came to the belief that there is one thing that every successful person has in common, which is that successful people form the habit of doing things they know they should be doing even when they don't feel like doing them. And so if I had to boil success down as an individual person, I would be able to say it in one word, which is discipline. Discipline. Uh, The discipline to do the things we know we should do when we don't feel like doing them, which is where the take the stairs metaphor came from. And that really discipline is the antidote to what I think is one of the most expensive invisible costs in business today, which is procrastination. We all struggle with procrastination. We know what we should do, but we can't get ourselves to do it. We know what I should do today, but yet I find a way to allow myself to get distracted. And so in that book, we talked about the different types of procrastination that exist, which we can dive into if you want, but it really was about you know, before you can influence other people, you really should become a master of influencing yourself. And that was really where my journey started in terms of as a, as a writer, of course, that book was a number one wall street journal bestseller, a number two New York times. And that was a huge part of, of launching, uh, I guess my career into this space, although we had several other things going on and a, a huge team that um, my wife and I had built, you know, all the way even back in those days. But, but that was the genesis, I guess, of my, my public, uh, I guess, presence as, um, you know, a thought leader or a, or a student or a teacher. Right. And, and now your, your role um, now with success, and uh, obviously you still have a, a a day job. We'll just say it. You know, you've got you're yeah. running brand builders, but over here you're the editor uh, on the entrepreneur um, theme or vertical. That's that's where you're going to be spending your time uh, right. a fair bit, right? Yeah. And in that, I think uh, what's really interesting is you know at getting to know you. You've you've built. Um, n- at least one business to an exit. I don't know if there's more than one, but you've built at least one business to uh, eight figures in terms of being able to, to grow that business. You've got another business that you're growing a similar trajectory. It seems like there's, you know, having a lot of really interest. In fact, that's how you and I met was un, unrelated to success magazine. Uh, I was working uh, with, with some people in the other company that I'm involved with uh, EXP where they were saying, "Hey, Glenn, you need to write a book," and and they paired uh, me up with with your organization, and then then we had a little bit of a di- dialogue back and forth, and then I said, "Hey, by the way, it looks like we might be buying Success Magazine," <laughs> <laughs> and then you go, "Well, that builds your brand overnight." 
<laughs> yes, uh, that was a uh, if 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 there was an escalator to uh, building a personal brand in terms of an audience, it's buying Success Magazine. And uh, um, no, I mean that th- that is exciting and something that's a super exciting for your personal brand. But yeah, I you know I, I am an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm, my mom sold Mary Kay cosmetics when I was young, and so I always tell people I grew up around women constantly teaching me about the principles of success. Um, it also means I know more about makeup than I do about cars, um, because that was, that was where I, I started. And then when I was in college, I worked in direct sales and for five years I was, I was in a network marketing company and became one of the all time leading record holders in, uh, in the history of that organization. And then left to pursue my dream as uh, a speaker and then a little while later was uh, my wife and I started a, a company and we started a company from scratch there. We had a couple other partners in the very beginning. Um, and then we had, you know, basically the equivalent of some investors and we grew that company from scratch to an, uh, an eight figure business. And we exited that company in 2018 and that company really had kind of like several businesses inside of it. So if you if you look at all those businesses, we we actually had started multiple different seven fi- figure companies and then one eight figure business that were all kind of together. So technically it was all under the house of one company name, but they you know different different divisions if you will. And um and then when we exited that business, my wife and I started Brand Builders Group. So AJ um AJ is the CEO of Brand Builders Group. We are the co-founders. We we don't have any investors in Brand Builders Group. And basically, her and I have worked together our entire life. So when we started that last company, we met through somebody that we both knew. And we started as business partners first and then started dating a year into it and then got married a few years later. And now we've been married for for uh, over 10 years and uh, we just celebrated our 14th date date anniversary um, this past weekend, but we've only worked together. And, uh, you know, so a lot of our clients, both in the, in the former company and then in brand builders group and brand builders group today works exclusively with people who are personal brands. So they're authors, speakers, influencers, and ex- uh, executives for companies who are trying to build their personal brand. But most of our clients are entrepreneurs. They are, or intrapreneurs. So they're, they are direct salespeople or they're, they're professional service providers, they're real estate agents, they're financial advisors, uh, doctors, dentists, lawyers, anybody who is what we call a mission-driven messenger who's looking to use their personal brand to drive awareness for what they do. But um, we love entrepreneurs. We are entrepreneurs. We've we've been around entrepreneurs. And uh, I think when I mentioned when I was in college, that company I worked with, I went door to door for five years. So I was going door to door 14 hours a day, six days a week on straight commission, paying all my own expenses. And then after that, I I worked in IT uh, sales, doing corporate enterprise uh, phone sales. And then... Uh, you know, in our last company, we did B2B and, and, you know, we were calling on office parks and office buildings. And then in Brand Builders Group is basically entirely digital marketing. And so marketing and sales and business development has been 
our life, both doing it ourselves and, and teaching other people to do it. And we, we, we love it. And we love all, all aspects of it. The, the cold calling door to door phone, you know, like cold part, we, we've done that. And then, you know, all the way to referrals and affiliates and then digital marketing and paid traffic acquisition and organic and podcast. So we love all of it, but we, we are passionate about helping mission-driven messengers reach more people, which are another word for that would be achievers. It'd be the people who are listening, the people who are part of the success platform. Um, and of course, we're just excited to help the achievers. And, and obviously if you haven't yet, by the way, if you're listening, if you haven't been over into the success achievers community, uh, this is the place where, uh, it's free. You could come and join. This is a, uh, I guess, how would you, how would you describe achievers, Glenn? What, what, what would you, what would you, how would you describe that network? Yeah, it's a, uh, a positive entrepreneurs community that, um, because of the way it's set up, it's sort of, it's like a social network, but with all, all the politics and, and other distracting commentary that comes with an entirely open network. So we, yeah. we have people self-select in and then, um, and then we're actively cultivating the community so that we're all around people who, who are achieving and by extension want to help you achieve as, as individual entrepreneurs. So, uh, you know, if you cultivate the right type of people, uh, you know, everybody wants to help everybody else, which is really cool when you think about entrepreneurship and, and then, and you know, and it's a, ultimately it's a for-profit venture. So, so, you know, it's, it's designed to, to be able to bring um, lots of really positive people together. And then we we're, we're playing with some ideas right now. Uh, Achievers All Access is kind of the name we're playing out with right now, which is where, you know, members can, you know, have through a small monthly subscription, it's probably gonna be around $50 a month, they'll get, you know, access to me, you, all the other editors, people on staff, coaching, just to be there for them for just general, just support, lots of exclusive content. And, uh, courses uh, and, just, and education but it's kind of like it's like it's basically facebook for achievers right it's like a social network of just for just personal development and leadership development and um i've had a blast being in there uh and of course you don't know the networking and the meeting people is all part of the free experience you're just sharing content but i mean i'm meeting people from across the world all different professions, but you have this kind of common ground of we're here to achieve. We're here to get better. We're here to make ourselves better. We're here to help other people get better. I mean, it's, it's, it's powerful and thousands and thousands of people already joining into the community. Yeah. With, oh, without a lot of, uh, of promotion, the, the community is just under 3000 people since December. And, and that's mm -hmm. with, and all of that was, um, uh, which is, we started with a, uh, an LVP, least viable product, yeah. <laughs> and 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 so as opposed to minimal viable viable product. So we started even below minimal viable product. Went to went to to minimal viable product, and now we've actually got the name. We got the URL. We got some we got some strategy, and now it's all sort of coming together. And you know, it, from the point that we sort of put it into play, I think in the next next month or so, it's going to really take shape and become a valuable asset. But you know, to your, uh, to your point, and, and I think to some extent, you know, achievers are some of the most positive people you can be around. I mean, mm -hmm. you're an achiever, I'm an achiever. And, and they always see, they're definitely glass 
half full type of people. Like you, you got you got some people who see a glass as half empty. Sure. You see other people who see glasses half full. I mean, there could be like two drops of water in a cup around an entrepreneur and they're seeing water all over the place. Like, <laughs> like that's, and, and you can get around as many people like that, that you just can't help but have a great day and, and, and achieve more. And so that's really what we want to do is pull all these people in and, and, and be part of this, uh, be part of this community. So question I was thinking about earlier when you were talking about, you know, sales, marketing, door to door, all the market. So this is, this is the age old question, but, I, but I want to, pose it to you all right if you only could specialize in one what would it be sales or marketing if i had to choose one right no one's ever asked me that question before i mean i think if i had if i had to choose one for my survival it would be sales because to me sales is the shortest path it's the shortest path to cash and when you're in the entrepreneur world when you're bootstrapping, I mean, I know you've done this because you've been so successful starting uh, businesses from scratch, but you know, before you, the hardest part is when you don't have any money, like the more money you have, like the more you can do things. The hardest part is when you have that dream and you go, how do I, how do I get money? And if you don't have investors and you don't have a bunch of savings and you don't have you know, a retirement plan that you can cash in on. And you go, if you're bootstrapping something, there's only one way to really finance the growth of the business, which is customer finance companies. And, and we have always done that. We have, we have, we have generated the growth of the business from the revenue that the business generates. It's the, it's, it's not the fastest way necessarily to grow, but it's the safest way. And I, I love sales because if you're selling something, you have immediate feedback that it's working. When you do, you know, now we're investors in different things. As, and, you know, when you look at investing, there's a lot of companies you can invest into that will spend millions and millions of dollars before they ever actually make a sale to somebody, um, before they ever actually collect revenue. And, you know, there's, there's places where that makes sense in certain industries and, you know, business models where that's really common. But for the small business owner, it's like before you just go out and invest a million dollars into something, it's super valuable to go, can I get one person to give me $1 for one thing? And that's a huge win. And, and so I love marketing. I would say this, I, I love marketing more than I love selling. Selling is hard um, or it, 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 it doesn't have to be, but I will say this door to door was so hard. It, I cried every day. I mean, I was, I was 18 years old knocking on doors in Montgomery, Alabama, just getting door after door after door slammed on my face. And I did not enjoy that. But the truth is that the shortest distance to make a sale, it's all about trust. And I think the, as much as I believe in podcasting and social media and digital marketing, those are amazing avenues to automate trust and to scale trust, but they take time because people see very, very small snippets and they, they don't see every post and they, you don't have their full attention. But if I knock on your door and I can convince you to talk to me for 30 minutes, you know, or 40 minutes, we can go from stranger to you giving me money within 30, 40 minutes. Marketing is a, a more scalable 
effort, but it is a slower build and it, and it, and it's important for the long term. To me, sales solves every short term problem. And if push comes to shove, the people who can go out and generate a sale are the ones who will survive. So if I had to for survival, I would choose sales. But if I got to pick which one because I enjoy it more, it would be marketing for sure. Oh, for sure. So, so we've got, we got young Rory, 18 years old. You're, you're walking, you know, from, from door to door and, yep. and, and you're, you're getting some, some positive feedback from what one out of every 10 doors that you knock on something, something oh, like less, that. Way what? less like, like one, one, one or two customers a day, which would be like 60 or 70 doors would have was a, would have been a good day. Okay. And so, um, so I'm curious, what, what were you selling door to door? By the way, I sold Kirby vacuum cleaners door to door. I just, I'm just throwing it out there. Love it. I mean, so many, I mean, Zig Ziglar was my personal mentor, right? Zig, Zig went door to door. Lot, lots of people. Have, he was doing have, pots and pans, right? He was a, a yeah, pots, pots and pans. And pans. That's right. So it's, it's, um, y- you know, I want to say that Mark Cuban went door to door. There's a number of, 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 of very wealthy and successful people who have spent time going door to door. But, um, so I was selling, uh, basically like educational materials, books and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Now it's a, it, you know, it's one of those things that if you've, if you have never done door to door sales and you're really wanting to cut your teeth on sales, of course, right now we got COVID sort of hopefully waning down, but as soon as, as soon as, soon as it's safe to go knock on people's doors again, talk about knocking out a, uh, you know, all of the things that you need to learn about sales, you will learn about knocking on doors and, and you, you, nobody can take it away from you. I'm an introvert. I still knocked on doors and, and it was one of the most painful things that I could possibly do. But I knew if I could do that, I, I could do, I could do anything in sales. Yeah. And I think that's so true. I mean, I, I think that the gift of today is that you don't have to right? the gift of today is that because the, the tools of digital marketing and content distribution are so readily available that the, and this is more of what we do at brand builders group It's funny. So our first company did sales training. So the company that we exited focused uh, focused on sales training. Brand Builders Group ex- focuses almost exclusively on marketing. Um, and so it is going, how can I put out content in a way that people can get to know me? Because here's, either way, a sale is based upon trust, right? And one of the ways, there's a couple different ways that people trust you. Like, w- first of all, we trust people that we see, Right. So the, the good part about door to door is you see me face to face. So you can assess how much you trust me because I'm right here in front of you. It's real life. That's harder about phone sales as they can't see you. Right. And so that's that's even a bigger barrier to overcome. It's easier to hang up on you than it is to slam the door on somebody. Right. It's it's a. Um, but if I see you, I trust you and things like social media and YouTube, they give us the ability for people to see us, even though we're not seeing them, so to speak, they are seeing us. The other thing that helps me build trust is if I learn from you, right? If you teach me something, then that helps me build trust. And of course, if I'm with you, 
whether whether you're seeing me speak on stage, which is a huge part of my life these days, is, is speaking on events or on webinars or virtual trainings, you're learning from me. And so even though we've never met, it feels like you know me. Well, you can do the same thing for your prospects as if they're watching a little you know, a 60 second clip of you on social or a four minute IGTV or a nine minute YouTube video, or they're listening to a, a 12 minute or 20 minute podcast. If, if you're, you're educating them or you're encouraging them, they're going to feel like they know you, even if they haven't met you. So if I see you, I feel like I trust you. If I learn from you, I feel like I trust you. And then the other thing about trust, which I only realized recently is that we trust people that we know intimate things about. Like, you know, the person that you would most trust in your life probably knows the most intimate details about you. They know how often you brush your teeth and what kind of toothpaste you use and what kind of clothes you wear and what time you get up and what you would order at Chick-fil-A and you know, like what everything they, they know all of these details. And when I first started on, on social media and even some till this day, I, I have somewhat of a distaste for this, the insignificant or the trivial sharing of like, look at what I'm eating or look at what I'm wearing. And, and as a user, I've always felt, well, what, what value does this add to my life? But what I realized is, uh, well, let me, let me, let me walk you through this. Okay, Glenn. So, so let me ask you, Glenn, who would you totally fangirl on if they walked into the room right now like who is someone that's either a movie star or a business tycoon or an athlete like somebody that you would kind of consider like a celebrity that if if you said whoa if i could have lunch with this person you know or if this person walked in right now i would just i would just be so excited like who comes to mind for you um i'm gonna go with um uh dwayne johnson Okay, so. great one. Great one. Yeah. So, so the rock, right? I mean, if the rock came in, right. And, and so like with the rock, if somebody offered you a chance and they said, okay, look, so here's the deal, Glenn, I'm going to let you come travel for an entire day with the rock. You get to sit next to him in the car. You get to go to every meeting. You get to listen to every phone call, but you cannot say a word to him. But you get to be there right when he wakes up and you get to stay with him until the minute he goes to sleep. You can't talk to him, but you get to like follow him or shadow him. Would you be pretty excited about that? Like, would you do it? Would you think that would, was cool? Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for, for sure. For sure. Yes, of course. Right. And, and because it's kind of like, I wonder what the rock eats for breakfast. I wonder who the rock talks to on a day. Like, does he text with like Oprah and Obama and like, like who does he text with? Like what kind of meetings is he taking? How long does he work out? And what I realized is, Oh, th even the most mundane, but intimate details about people make are fascinating to us. They make us feel like we know them. They're, they're interesting. And that is part of the power is that social media also gives people a chance to know you. They, what books do you read? Where do you eat? What, what do you do with your kids? So one of the things that we teach people uh, at brand builders will say, you know, your feed is what you do. Your stories are who you are. So when I come to your feed, I should see, like basically it's the three E's. Either you should be educating me, 
encouraging me or entertaining me. That is, if you're using social media specifically as a marketing avenue to grow your business, when I hit your feed, you have to assume I'm a stranger and you should either be educating me, you should be encouraging me, or you should be entertaining me with something funny or heartwarming or whatever. But then in your stories, that is where I get to know who you are. So your feed is what you do. Your stories are who you are. Um, Stories don't have to be polished. They don't have to be touched up photos. They don't have to be, you know, high, highly dense in terms of, of the information. That is where people go if they want to know more about you. But you're not going to grow your followers if that stuff's all over your feed, because when new people come... It's like, no offense, they don't care about my kids. They don't care about what I'm eating for lunch. What draws them in is, what do I have of value? What, do, what, what is my expertise around? And if you're a realtor or you're a dentist or you're a lawyer or you're a financial advisor or you're an entrepreneur, you have something to teach people. It is whatever you have spent your life learning about. Um, one of the things we say, uh, again, a lot at Brand Builders is, your most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. You're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. So you can teach all of the things that you have learned. Um, and it's related to your expertise, right? If, if, if I'm a real estate agent, I want to share things that are like, what's going on in the neighborhood? How much are things selling for? What are the interest rates these days? Like, what would be useful to someone who doesn't know you? And then inside of the stories, if you want more, that's where you can learn about me and, you know, what I look like when I wake up first thing in the morning and what I do on the weekends. And I think that, but all of it coming, tying this back to your question, ultimately is about trust. It still comes down to the human connection. It is about trust and trust can be developed by knocking on a door or trust can be developed through a podcast or a tweet or trust can be developed on a phone, but it's just different mediums, different vehicles, but we're all still human and we're all still looking to do business with people that we trust. Oh, awesome. No, great stuff. So now, um, Obviously, we, we live in a, a, a digital world and all, all businesses should at some level be um, either technology businesses, social media businesses, mm. et cetera. When, when, it, when it comes to companies that are less digital, like how, what, what's your thoughts around, you know, the, the local uh, plumber or the, or the, you know, or people who are like in this sort, sort of heavy service, you know, type of, type of business, maybe realtors a little bit more gregarious, but you've got people who are like manufacturing widgets and maybe they're working B2B. What's, what are your thoughts around uh, on those, those types of businesses? Well, I think, uh, look, I, I think it, it, if you just play, if you, if you, if you buy into the trust conversation, mm -hmm. right. And you say, if you, if you buy into that and you go, okay, all things being equal, I'm going to buy from the person that I trust more. Right. Okay. So whether it doesn't matter what, what, what that is, if you're, if you're selling me plain or you're selling me a widget, all things being equal, I'm probably going to buy from the person that I trust more. So, you know, if you're a manufacturing company, it's not that social media is going to be the fastest way to grow your business. I may not say that, but what I would say is all things being equal, if 
you could be the person who manufactures my widget or this other company who has a beautiful website that is easy to find there. All of their pages are highly optimized. You know, they're, they're, they're highly optimized to show up in search engines. They have social media where I can click and see them celebrating their employee of the month and celebrating their customers. And they're showing me what their offices look like. And they're showing me their culture and, I've got, I've got, a, I have a view into their world of who they are, what they believe, how they treat their customers. And they literally just appear more modern and innovative by the very fact that they have a social media presence or a YouTube channel or a podcast, or at least a website with a mobile user experience that isn't crazy. Or I can go to the site, you know, the guy who has one web page up that looks like it was put up there in 1985 and hasn't been updated since. Um, and it's like, who are you going to do business with? I mean, I don't know. You tell me, right? That's where I go. I, I don't pretend to have like all the answers, but if you just look at human behavior and you ask yourself the question here, here's another thing that I think is huge for everybody is reviews. Right. When you go on, when you go on Amazon, just ask yourself the question. When you go on Amazon and you're looking for new toothpaste, are you more likely to buy the toothpaste that has six reviews or the one that has thirty two thousand four hundred and sixty nine reviews? I mean, what what do you think? Like and and so showing your customers. Right. Uh, and, and letting your customers be on your site. And, and if you can on video, if you can get your customers to say, here's the experience I had working with this company. I mean, this is where almost all of our business comes from these days is like our customers do all of our selling for us because people go, wow, look at all of these people saying this experience was so wonderful. If, if all of these people not only are writing it or putting a star, but actually putting their face on camera saying, I enjoyed working with these people. It's extremely compelling. So um, it's one of those things where I, 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 I never go so far as to say, well, you know, social media is the key or webinars are the key or podcasting is the key or a website is the key. I think trust is, is the key in sales and marketing. And I, I also think reach is the key. Um, we have a, a, a thing that we call the reputation formula, which says that results times reach equals reputation. So reach counts for a lot. If I don't know about you, I cannot buy from you. And so I, uh, again, if you know, you come back to the technology question, well, the person who gets a thousand visitors a month is likely to have more resources and grow faster than the person with no website. The person with, you know, 10,000 social media followers is likely to have more, more customers than the person with 10, just because you're reaching more people. And I think there are a lot of industries who I mean, reputation is an interesting concept, Glenn, because I think like when, when people say, oh, you know, okay, brand builders group, you guys do personal brand strategy. What is personal branding? People think of that as like a new concept, which it kind of is like, it's a pretty new term, but we often tell people that personal branding is simply the digitization of reputation. 
It's, it's really reputation. Reputation is as old as time. We all understand, not all of us understand personal branding somehow, but we all understand reputation is what do people say about you? Who do people say you are? Are you trustworthy? You know, can I believe in what you're saying? That is reputation. The power of to quote unquote personal branding or technology or social media. All of those are just terms that represent the digitization of reputation. If I can read your reviews, if I can see your customers, if I can see your client list, if I can, you know, watch your stories, look at your social media feed, read your website. I have view into who you are and that helps me trust you, which I think accelerates the likelihood that I will do business with you. And so I'll say at least for us, we're trying, you know, we're trying, like we're trying to build our online presence. We're trying to pump content out into the universe as fast as we can. We're trying to produce as much value. And that's what we're doing here at Success, right? I mean, that's why I'm here. That's why you brought me here is to go, you recognize, I, I, I presume, to say, we have to produce as much valuable content rich like information and pump it out into the universe as fast as possible so that people will subscribe to the magazine and buy our courses and do our, the, the various other things book our book our speakers and you know engage in our coaching programs and all the various other things that are come from success but it starts by just pumping out content to build trust i mean would you agree with that I, I would, I would. No, that was, <laughs> no, that was a, that was a really, uh, really uh, good stuff. And and uh, I suspected that might be your your answer. Uh, and and uh, you know, given that you know we're going to be reaching a, a large audience in different areas, some people are going to be focused more digitally, and some are going to be fo- focused more on how do they how do they do work on their business that's a little bit more physically based and and sort of trying to you know bring it together in such a way that, you know, you as a successful entrepreneur, myself and so many others, I mean, our, our, our real role here is to help people succeed and that, you know, and, and, and to be achievers and, and, uh, and, and to some extent posit the questions that they might have as up and coming entrepreneurs. If you're, you know, and, and we all, I think we all now know because of, you know, how, you know, Amazon works, how Netflix works, how, you know, now you've got so many, um, you know, retailers who have basically moved onto the cloud and by embracing a fully, you know, cloud-based strategy and marketing strategy, they're doing more business than they did when they were physically based. Some of it was forced because of what's happened in the last, uh, you know, 12, 14, 15 months. Um, but what I'm, I'm hearing is the people that actually did embrace the, the new economy you know, mm-hmm. for the most part, we're able to figure out ways to actually thrive better than they were, you know, if they were just simply trying to figure out how do I, how do I pay my employees? How do I just stay in business? How do I hope people come to my store when people aren't really traveling? But if they went a different way and, and thinking about how do I pivot in a way that actually reaches my, my customers so that, you know, I can scale my business in a, in a point in time when things feel difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of advantages 
I mean, financially speaking, to the digital world, uh, you know, just the o- the overhead and 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 things like that. And I like what you said about marrying the two, Glenn, because I I would agree with that too. I, I would say it, it's it's not about marketing or sales; it's about both. Right. Right. I mean, the the real and and we just we live in a world where they're both available. Now, I would say. I think the pendulum used to be heavy on sales, right? It was just like all sales and then it swung and now it's been so heavy on marketing. I think sales is a lost art. I think people struggle with how do I have a conversation and ask for a referral? How do I, how do I, what words do I say to collect a credit card or, or, or a a listing agreement or like, and, and so I love that because I, I'm actually more from the old school probably than from, from the new, the new school in that regard, because I, you know, I, I think it's, I think it is both. And I think marketing is fun and, um, you know, always changing and there's, there's new ways of tracking and just incredible intelligence that you can have with marketing that we never used to be able to have, you know, even a couple decades ago. Um, but sales is people it is it is human behavior and psychology and it's understanding and and ultimately if sales is done right it's it's about helping somebody get what they want somebody else get what they want and um it's a loss i think that's more of a lost art that needs to come back yeah i i I 100 agree i think there's the the two schools of thought one you know you know, and I'll I'll go back to the 18-year-old Rory, and I, I'll go back to the 18-year-old Glenn. I mean, when we first started learning sales, we probably actually didn't even know how to use the techniques we were using. Like, mm-hmm. like we, we we you know we 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 were given like this script book, right? And we're we're like, okay, if this if the prospect says this, then you say this, and then right, and 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 you know, you have to you have to build up this many. Uh, items of value before you're allowed to ask for the sale and sort of, and then, and then you, you never allowed the, the, um, the, the customer to, to answer a, a question that's a yes or a no, you know, it can only be something that leads to the next question. So, you know, and then, you know, all of, and then it's alternative choice. Do you, would you like to get together at two o'clock or four o'clock or, you know, or, and, and so there was all these sort of things that we would, we would learn and, and we probably failed miserably at it back in the day because they were, were using like the wrong tool, the wrong question for the situation. But we had to go through this sort of learning exercise to learn the questions and how, how, they, how they work. And then we got into situations where we actually, and hopefully we had good products and services back then, but then you finally sort of in, internalize this, then you find a product or service, then you go, man, now I know exactly why these, these, these work and why it's so important for me to know these questions because it's our job to help people Get, you know, do what they want us to help them do. So if we show up and we're, we're selling educational courses, well, they're talking to us because they must internally have some some interest in that. And so it's our job to then build the value and help them understand how this is going to solve a need. In, in real estate, you know, we're working with buyers and sellers and it's like we, we want to help a buyer actually get into a home right now. You know, it's, you know, a typical home now is getting 10, 15, 20 offers on the home um, you know, and the sellers are sitting there going, you know, which one do I take? And if we as agents don't figure out ways to position our buyers, help them understand the situation they're in, give them some tools, 
and then help them sort of overcome even the seller's objection and then have the conversations with the listing agent and then and then position. I mean, there's sales is so important, but if you don't have the skills to begin with, it's hard to know how to use them in a way that's constructive. So anyway, mm-hmm. I digress uh, a bit, but uh, you know, we've been, we've been spending, I think we've probably been chatting now for probably 40 minutes or so, I, I suspect, and just having a, having a great conversation, but one thing, um, so, so you're, you're, you're married, you're, you're in, in Nashville. Is that, that, yeah. is that okay. What's the, what's your, what's your, what's the family dynamics? You got kids? Uh, what's your, uh, yeah. Home? Yep. So I have, um, so we have a, a little man who's about to turn four is our oldest, uh, and, uh, his name's Jasper. And then we have, um, our youngest is Liam. And so he is like a year, he's, he's like 21 months. So he's about, he's kind of basically a four-year-old and a two-year-old, at least at the time of this recording. And so, yeah, this is the other thing. And, and I tell you, like, for those of you, uh, and I'm going to, I'll, I'll single them out here and say, those of you women who are doing the mom thing and the working thing, I mean, whew, hats off to you. I mean, this is a hard gig. And I mean, AJ is a, she is our CEO. She does CEO stuff. She runs the business. She deals with the strategy, the administration, the finances, the hiring and the firing and the teams. And I mean, she is our CEO and she is also running the house and trying to keep track of two kiddos. And it's, it is like, it's not easy. It's, it's, it's a, it is a challenging season to have a startup and two young kids, because even, even though we've done this before, so to speak, in terms of being entrepreneurs and starting, you know, several companies or divisions, at least from scratch, it's not easy. I mean, it's just, it's, there's, there's, I don't think there's no such thing as an easy startup. And I don't think there's any such thing as an easy season of raising toddlers. Um, so we're, we're, we're living in that world and, and also loving it, loving the excitement and the, the challenge of, uh, the tension between, wanting to do a meaningful work, wanting to provide for our clients and opportunities for our team members and also be good parents and um, just get to be there and, and be around for the kids. And I think, gosh, that's the story of every achiever, right? I mean, every achiever out there is, is, is trying to, 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 to manage that tension and I think it's an important one. And I think, again, the pendulum has swung for a lot of years towards uh, hard work and work all the time and work till you can't, you know, breathe like and just all that matters is work and money. And, and I, I think there's been a very healthy movement back in the other direction. And um, hey, my, my, my TED talk was called How to Multiply Time. And this, this you know, ended up being a viral TED talk, which really that Ted talk Len, was meant to solve that. I wasn't trying to solve the world's problems. I was trying to find some answers to solve my own problems. I mean, it's it, it, how you use your time. I think is going to be a, a big part of the success line podcast. And I, I presume a lot of the people we bring on this show, which I'm so excited about uh, to be doing this with you all is, is bringing actual real life achievers who are moms and dads and, and single people and young people and empty nesters, but bringing you 
the listener onto the show to ask your real life questions of your real life challenges of what you're actually struggling with and to talk it through with you and, and, and go, you know, how do we manage the time? How do we create the technique, how we manage it emotionally and, and how do we build processes and people to help you make more impact and, and just grow your influence and, you know, overall achieve your goals, which I think is, is what success is, is all about. So I'm, I'm just honored to be here and thank you, Glenn, for extending the invitation to, to become a, become the, the entrepreneurship editor and, uh, excited to help you kind of grow your, grow your network and your platform and your impact. This, this is going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks Rory for, for, uh, bringing me on your first podcast and being your probably one interviewer in your own, in your <laughs> own podcast. So, so thanks. Uh, thanks for that. And thanks for being part of the team. I'm, I'm so, you know, as I've gotten to know you, I just love your energy, your positivity. Uh, and I can tell you, you have a very structured way of working with the world and, uh, and just trying to create all those, you know, healthy boundaries around work, life, and all the other things. So thanks again for, for that. And thanks again for doing this uh, this podcast with me. Well, there you go, Achiever. That is a wrap for our first official episode, a special episode with none other than the CEO of Success Enterprises, Glenn Sanford. You'll probably hear from him as well as some of the other editors uh, from the success team in the different categories along the way. But most of these episodes are not going to be about me. They're not going to be about Glenn. They're going to be about you and you have a chance to come on the show as a guest to get live coaching and and to allow me to work through things with you or if you're a little bit timid about coming on the show you can still submit your questions so if you go to success.com forward slash success line guest that it will take you to where you can drop in a question for myself and or apply to actually come on the show and uh, work with me one-on-one that's success.com forward slash success line guest uh, i'm so excited and honored to be here with you so keep tuning in and uh, here's to your success 